It was never about voter fraud. It was never a protest. It was always about holding on to power, whatever the cost. They say in Washington, the truth is hard to pin down, hard to peel back the layers, that we'd never know the details of Trump's plot to overthrow the election. But the truth is coming out, step by step, drop by drop, fact by fact. They planned it, from corrupt White House lawyers to Republican officers in Congress to the Fox newsroom. And it all comes back to him, the mastermind, the cancer in the center of it all, the man who would kill his own vice president to hold on to the White House. And aware of the rioters' chance, the president responded with this sentiment, Mike Pence deserves it. Because then and now, it's always been about one choice, America, Trump. So, my name is Rich Procida. I'm an author and attorney. I'm the founder of the Truth and Democracy Coalition, and, and we're working to build a pro democracy movement in America. We're, we're going to need Americas of all political persuasions to support democracy. Um, if, God forbid, you know, we have to overthrow a dictatorship. So, we need to enlist our institutions from businesses and the church to government institutions and the military to media outlets. We need to all get them on our side and get them promoting democracy and not supporting efforts that oppose it or undermine our democracy. So we're gonna need conservatives, moderates, and liberals to come together to defend democracy. Uh, we need to reach across political lines. And that was one of the episodes we did with our guest today, Dom Jones, reaching out across political lines. And you can find all these shows on our YouTube page. You can go to um, tinyurl.com slash democracy under fire video. That'd take you straight to our YouTube page, or you can just search for Democracy Under Fire on our YouTube page and you'll find all our shows. Um, so we're doing this work in a number of ways, uh, from holding meetings like this, producing media, which is a very person producing counter propaganda, organizing local actions with our co other coalitions and other groups. Um, so we're, we're working to build this pro-democracy movement um, by doing all these different types of activities. And I want to encourage you to share these shows with others and so that we can get this message out to others as well. That's part of my activism is to do these shows and to edit and produce these podcasts so that we can get some counter-propaganda to oppose the propaganda that's being fed to, to people by more nefarious sources. So before we begin, I, I want to tell you about some upcoming an upcoming event we're having where we hold these monthly meetings every second Sunday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific time, uh, where we discuss issues related to democracy. Uh, and our next meeting on August 14th at 2 p.m., we're having a Swedish researcher and a Swedish activist come talk to us about climate change and democracy, hope or hindrance. Um, so to register for that event, go to tinyurl.com slash 
climate democracy. I'll put these links in the chat um, a little later. We also have a podcast called Democracy Under Fire, and this meeting is going to be edited and produced as a, as a podcast. And you can, as I said, you can find our show at tinyurl.com slash democracyunderfirevideo, or just search for it on YouTube. Or you can listen to the audio version on our anchor page, Democracy Under Fire, or you can search for Democracy Under Fire, or another podcast I do, and I produce, I produce this podcast and send it out on the same feed as my Bible Study for Progressives podcast. So if you, if you can't find Democracy Under Fire, search for Bible Study for Progressives, you'll find the shows there. Um, we have two speakers today, one is me, but more about me a little later. Um, in the first part of the program, we will have Dom Jones speak, then we'll have time for comments and questions. And then after that, I will uh, do my short presentation and then we'll have time for discussion, comments and questions with both of our speakers. And then we'll close with a few actions and reminders. So Dom Jones is a former missionary and an ordained minister who aims to address our country's difficulties. As an African-American woman, she speaks about how her lived experience speaks to our current controversies. And she seeks to foster unity through collaboration, education, and wellness. And so at this time, I'd like to um, hand it over to Dom Jones. Welcome, Dom. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me. And I want to say hello to everyone, to all of you that I uh, spoke with the last time I was on. Hello again. <laughs> it's so good to see everyone. And I mean, we've come together for another really important cause, another important mission, and another important reason. And so we all uh, recognize what has just occurred with the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court of the United States. And that has vastly already begun to impact our nation in a way that uh, really is, it's hard for many people. And the thing about it is that a lot of people are feeling that their rights and the things that they hold dear, uh, the power over their own bodies are being uh, overlooked and are being usurped. And I wanna kind of start with you all with an understanding of my background. So I was raised evangelical Christian. I was actually born and raised. Uh, my grandmother, my parents, I have a huge history in my family. Um, and uh, it's a joke commonly in my family that the first book that I read was the Bible because I knew, I knew the stories about Moses and Noah before I knew ABCs. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it really, it was, it's, it was something that I honestly, I loved growing up, you guys. I loved learning about the scriptures. I know from Genesis to Revelation <laughs> and um, really it was a, it was a strong foundation for me growing up to build my life upon despite the things that I went through. I went on because I loved it so much to become a missionary, which means I traveled across the country and the world to teach others about the beliefs I held at that time. And on top of that, I was an ordained minister. 
So what I did is I went and I talked to people about the scriptures, about the Bible. And I say this because of, of this reason. There was a time that I actually believed that abortion was was just wrong. If you did it, it was completely not OK. And, you know, it's it's um, I, I held those beliefs very strongly. I was very stoic about them. And as I grew in my life and I grew up into myself, into who I have become today, my authentic self, I have harmonized and embraced my beliefs that I grow up with, with my real understanding of the world and other people who do not believe what I believe. And that's okay. So I say that to say this. It is everyone's inherent right when you were born no matter what religion you are to live your life the way you choose whether i believe it's proper or accurate is really irrelevant it's up to you to decide what you want for yourself that being the case this is not an easy topic for us to discuss to discuss is it it, it can be very divisive we need to learn how to have conversations in a kind and a loving way. We must actually, we must learn to be okay with disagreeing and not maligning a person's character by their beliefs. So what the Supreme Court has done by saying that women federally in our country cannot obtain an abortion, they have chosen to marry a Christian belief with our law. And we all know that there is supposed to be in separation of church and state. Now, I wanna give us a little bit of background before I continue. I don't know if you guys recall, but when Governor Greg Abbott signed Texas law SB, he provided last year, he provided a really often heard statement in, in Texas when he said, our creator endowed us with the right to life. Now, Abbott's religious invocation to justify Texas law begs the question, though, whose vision of a creator exactly? It's important for us to recognize that the United States is more diverse now than it has ever been, my friends. We are a country of over 330 million people who participate and who practice every major world religion with a growing number practicing nothing in particular. Views on abortion vary widely, both among and within religious denominations. And all of these perspectives, my friends, are protected equally under the U.S. Constitution by the Establishment and Free Exercise Clauses of the First Amendment, which together protect the fundamental right to hold religious beliefs of one's choosing while ensuring that the government remains neutral when it comes to matters of faith. And let's pause there. The government remaining neutral. Is our government, is our Supreme Court right now showing that it is remaining neutral? I encourage you to answer that question for yourselves and we're gonna have more discussion about that. And among the most deeply shameful moments in our nation's history has been the legal system's justification for brutal racism, notice this, and discrimination on the basis of religion. 
going back to at least 1852 when the Missouri Supreme Court upheld enslavement in America in an opinion that asserted the following. The introduction of slavery amongst us was, quote, in the providence of God. So alarmingly, not only have we approached, my friends, but we are standing upon the commingling of religion and government on the issue of abortion in our country, not just certain states, not limited to Texas. And it's important to understand that many Christian beliefs vary on the issue of abortion. See, one need only take the vast array of, quote, the friend of the court briefs filled in the Supreme Court in Dobbs to understand the sheer complexity and span of religious views that coexist in the United States. For example, Catholics for Choice in the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops put forth competing views, notice this, of what it means to adhere to the Catholic faith. One group's brief advocates for reproductive rights within the teachings of the church, while the other interprets those same teachings to portray abortion as an unspeakable crime. Here's another one. The same goals for various Jewish organizations and religious leaders who embrace a wide range of understandings and interpretations of the role and permissibility of abortion in Judaism and have filed dueling briefs. Some Lutherans and Protestant groups have registered their support for the ban that has happened in Mississippi, while some Muslim, Presbyterian, humanist, and even atheist groups want the court to strike it down. The very problems the First Amendment was designed to avoid, public divisiveness and social conflict based on religious difference are on full display right now. Diversity of thought, my friends, my fellow Americans, who I appreciate you all and I love you, no matter what you believe, because we are in this country together. Diversity of thought exists within every religion and includes those who believe their faith compels them, right, to support reproductive rights. I understand that because I was of that kind. And notice, I, I want to share something with you guys. The late uh, Dr. George Tiller, for example, he was murdered a little over a decade ago by an anti-choice zealot, uh, and he was known to be a devout Lutheran who considered his abortion practice a spiritual calling. This is his choice. Another provider, Dr. Ben Brown, recently said that he believes that his work is an expression of his, quote, Quaker values. Faith leaders like Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II of the Poor People's Campaign have long supported reproductive justice as a part of their religious missions. And many more have voiced their support for access to abortion in the wake of what happened in the SB 8's passage. So lawmakers and political leaders who tout religion-based rationales for abor abortion restrictions not only disregard these differing powerful convictions, but they aim to enshrine one slightly narrow theological interpretation into law. It's important that the, we understand that it is dangerous for religion to be a proxy for policy or a substitute for science. The First Amendment gives us the right to debate the meaning of life and when it begins. But it also says that such debates have no place in our legislatures or courts or law if we are to be a society that fosters democracy and religious freedom for all. 
So I say all of this, my friends, because we see religion, abortion, and our government have created an intersectionality here. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous because what it does also is it violates many of the young ones growing up, my friends. The young ones growing up who are trying to express themselves and their freedoms, if they feel that for them having a child, if they are to become pregnant is not for them, if it was the product of incestuous circumstances, okay? If, if, it, if it was the product of rape, oh my gosh, that just hurts to say. But if it's the product of that, each person in their own right gets to decide. And that's what this boils down to, my friends and my loves. It boils down to understanding what right, and I see many of you here, Sheila, Leslie, William, Udell, Laura, Edward, Ellie. What right do any of us have to tell another human being, hey, your body doesn't belong to you anymore. You can't do what you decide to do because I think it's wrong. That is a grievous overstep of human behavior and connection. I am someone, I'm here in Huntington Beach and I'm a community leader. I own a gym. I uh, lead, I'm a, a health and wellness advocate and I support young people who are struggling in their lives because there was a time in my life, my friends, that I was on the street. I wasn't always where I am today. I was born to a mother of 13 years old. I grew up without a home and on the street. I had to fight to be where I am today. I say what I say from a place of empathy and love, not of dictation, not of anything, because I am just like you. And the more I know, guess what? Quite frankly, I realize the more I don't know, <laughs> we all get to be humble. We all get to listen and grow in wisdom all the days of our lives. So I say this to you because I want you guys all, when you speak to your family and your friends, when you commune with yourself about your own thoughts and feelings, human connection is central to human behavior. What we have begun to do as a country with the Supreme Court's ruling is overstep that connection and aim to tell others what they must do. Our country needs to unify. And we might say, well, Dom, how are we gonna do that? Cause we disagree on everything. Well, that's just the point. We may disagree on many things, but what do we always agree on my friends? What do we all want? Do you want love in your life? Cause I certainly do. Do you want a whole family that loves you and friends that support you in a circle? I certainly do, I think you do too. Do you want security? I do, I think you do too. And do you want to feel respected and dignified and live your life according to how you desire? I think you do, and I do too. We all have that in common, Republican, independent, Democrat, anything. We all have that in common. Once we get to that as the crux, once we start speaking that into existence, once we start embracing that more, yes, we have different ideas of how to achieve it. I understand that. But we can learn how to stop fighting and letting people and the powers that be exploit us. They're exploiting us. They're dividing us. And they are aiming to conquer us. 
Because I tell you this, I said this before, I'll say it again. If you were in a tragic car accident and you needed an organ and I unfortunately passed away and my organ was available to you, you would not care what I look like. You would not care what the color of my skin was. You would, would you ask the doctor, now tell me, is she black? <laughs> now, there is no way in the world you care. You say, oh, please give me this heart so I can live. What does that tell you? You know what it tells us all, my loves, that we are all the same. Uh-oh, dare we say we are already unified? My heart will beat inside you, just as yours will beat inside me. We both bleed red. This color, your beautiful color, is nothing but art on a mural. We don't all want blue flowers now, do we? So we're all different colors for variety. Not for judgment, not for criticism, and not to hurt one another and oppress one another. And when we oppress, the oppressor and the oppressed are both negatively impacted. So abortion, religion, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, what are we to do? We get to continue to have these discussions. And I want you to remember that these discussions are not fruitless. They are fruitful. I was on this show before and there were less than 100 people. We have had over 400 signups to this show. What does that tell you? We're galvanizing. Yes, Elizabeth, I see you clapping. Every, can we all get a clap for that? Can we get a clap for that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we are all, this is great because this is a movement. This is a movement for change and it starts doing what you're doing right now. We are having the conversation. Yes, Dulce, we are having the conversations. We are trusting one another in a safe space. We are not going to speak negatively over one another to each other. We're gonna practice right now being unified. And here in Huntington Beach where I am and where you are, I am galvanizing the communities that are around me to bring and to build and to nourish so that we can build our democracy even better because guess what? You know it, it has to be protected. We must protect it because there are powers that are aiming to take it down, authoritarian regimes. Can we say the word because sometimes the media doesn't wanna say it, dictators. <laughs> dictators who want to usurp our country. And if we continue down the path we are going, we are going to be easily overtaken. Rome. Rome, one of the greatest, one of the greatest civilizations to ever stand. We're a baby nation, over 200, we're a baby nation. They stood for thousands of years and they failed. We need to fight for this beautiful country. We need to remember that we are all one and each person has the right to determine what they want to do with their bodies. So our Supreme Court, what it is doing right now, it is delegitimizing itself by conducting itself in a manner that is because they have a supermajority in the conservative faction of the court, okay? What they are doing is they are pushing forward theology into law and they are blazing forward without any kind of hold. 
Are we going to sit there and allow it? Are we going to sit there and allow the Supreme Court to not be checked and balanced, legislative, executive, and judicial? We must check one another, and it is going unchecked. We are a nation of voices. We are a nation of energy. And other countries look to us to be that galvanizing force on the world scene. So I call on you all, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Greens, everything. Yes, Kathy, all of us together, work together. Do you want to expand the court? What are your thoughts on that? Do you want to do more to protect and codify Roe v. Wade in different states? California is working on that right now. What are your thoughts on that? How can we do it? I wanna hear what you have to say. Richard, he wants to hear what you have to say. These hundreds of people who are listening wanna hear what you have to say because what you have to say can very well be the answer. So raise your voice, my friends, raise your hearts. Let's work together, keep building our country and remembering that whether it's abortion, whether it's religion, whether it's race or any other social or civic matter, at the end of the day, we are a country that must fight for our unity and we must not allow power, greed, and an overtaking to usurp our great land. So thank you guys so much. And I turn it right back over to you, Richard. Okay, so we're going to take some questions now. And our first question is from... Looks like it's from Jeffrey. So go ahead and unmute Jeffrey. So you're saying the Supreme Court is tur is turning America trying to turn America into a theocracy, right? From a transformative from a democracy in into a theocracy, theocracy, correct? They are certainly pushing theological principles into law. Well, do you know? Well, you know my well, you know my idea. The stop democracy international. The law is saying trying to attempt attempting to turn to turn our democracy into a, into a, theoc a, into a theocracy, one of, the, uh, one of the three things is again, would be against the law get, if, that's, if it's opposed. That's, what, that's why I created Stop Democracy Internet, International so, I can, so we can stop stuff like this. this. And you know, if the Supreme Court is breaking this law, they should be held, they should be brought to justice. You know, Absolutely. So and Jeffrey, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was gonna say, would you like to join the organization? <laughs> Certainly send me your information. I'll definitely look into it. I wanna commend you, honestly, Jeffrey, for starting your organization that's trying to not allow our country to be overtaken by things that are unethical, by some standards immoral and just an overreach of power. We need you to do that. And I wanna encourage you to continue to fight for those principles that you believe in so that our country is fair for all. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, you know you are to be commended for that. So I encourage you to continue doing what you're doing, your, your organization, what you're creating matters and definitely send me your information. Okay, thank you, Jeffrey. Everything that everybody is doing here from working on campaigns, to speaking to your neighbors. They're, they're all important things to do, to fight for democracy, to, to work toward democracy. And I'm so glad it's allowing us to have more than 100 participants right now. So mm -hmm. something must have worked there. And thank you, Denise, the Jan 6th hearings. If you want to talk to people about the Jan 6th hearings,
I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. 